let's pray. Father, we thank You for this awesome day. We thank You that the sun is shining and we thank You for this wonderful service. We are family. Father, may Your richest blessing be upon it. Father, may we know what it is to be connected with You and with one another. Bless our time as we come to praise and worship You and enjoy this wonderful time together. And everyone said, Amen. Good morning. It's great to see you this morning. I've been reading in Acts how Paul and Silas were imprisoned for, they were innocent, weren't they? And how despite their circumstance, they're in prison and they're praising. They're lifting their voices, they're in praise and worship and just lifting up the name of God. And in that time, while they're praising, God's doing a miracle, isn't He? The jail doors fling open and and it just made me think, you know, in our circumstances, we need to praise. Despite what we may be going through, we need to praise. And that praise needs to actually be out loud, I believe. I believe it needs to be out loud for the people around us to see how we are dealing with the circumstance. And also as we speak it out loud, it breaks something. It breaks chains, doesn't it? And miracles happen. So this morning, let's enter His gates with thanksgiving, with praise on our lips, making an audible sound of praise to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. 
was good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing? Good. You all sound half asleep still, so hopefully by the end you're responding a little more enthusiastically. If this is your first time at church, you guys can take a seat if you want, by the way. If this is your first time at church, how about you give us a wave? Hello. Welcome. Welcome to our family. This is our family service. We have Sophia on stage this morning. I don't know where she went. She's doing an awesome job. Good work, Sophia. Yeah. Nice to see some young ones up, eh? Any other new people that I missed? No? Well, welcome to our new family. It's a pleasure to have you with us this morning. Um, what about birthdays? Has anyone uh, had any birthdays? Yeah, I, I've, it's my birthday today. Fun fact. Yeah, I know. I know, I'm feeling quite old. Are there any other birthdays? Yeah, come down the front with me. What about anniversaries? Have we had any anniversaries over the last week? Wedding anniversaries. No, it's just me and Ruth this morning. We'll take all the chocolates. Okay, church, why don't you stand with us? Um, we're just going to pray this. Blessing over myself, yes. <laughs> okay, Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Awesome. is fun, eh? We have lots planned for this morning, not the usual service. We've got um, shaving cream and Maltesers coming out fairly soon, which is why the tarp is down here. We have Pastor Phil Strong preaching this morning, which is going to be awesome. Yep, I heard the nine o'clock message, so expectant for that. Pastor Sheridan is away in Tokoroa this morning, so we just pray blessing and favour rest on him as he speaks couple of other notices. We have School of Life coming up very shortly, stepping into God's best. Put your hand up if you're going to be there. Yeah, there needs to be more hands than that. It is awesome. Um, School of Life is definitely something that I am behind. We have it on the 23rd, the 30th um, of July and the 6th of August. The other thing to write down in your little notebooks or tap away on your phones is that we have Pastor Ian and Judith Green with us on Saturday the 25th of July and that is not something to miss. He was at conference last year and um, blows my mind every time he speaks. So mark it down because I want to see all your faces. This is about family and we do life together on Saturdays as well. All right, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Cathy, for the... Uh encouragement from the front down there. Okay, well, <laughs> how about we um, crack off with a game, eh? What do you guys think? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. All right, so I need Ash Muller um, to pop up with me. Ash runs our intermediate program here at Activate. It's actually really scary, apparently. <laughs> Who are you going to choose, Ash? We need four volunteers four volunteers to come and um, have a little bit of fun with us. What's that? Big volunteers, adults. We need adults. And then we're going to get kids. We need adults. You want to do it, Sarah? Come on down. Matt, come on down. We need two more. Two more. 
got? Yes, Cat. What about one more guy? We need another guy. One more. One more. Ben Ong, do you want to do it? Yeah, Benny. Everyone give Ben a hand. Yeah, thanks, Nicole, for the nomination. Okay. Here's the thing. You guys need to come and stand up here on this tarp because things are about to get messy. You see, in kids' church, where I usually am, we are all about mess, okay? The messier, the better, because the kids love it. And I went shopping, and I was like, what can I get that would be messy? So I found shaving cream, right? That's a, that's a given. I found Maltesers, yeah. And I found these glasses. So what's gonna happen? is we're gonna put shaving cream on your heads and mix it all around. And then we're gonna have four of our kids come and try and throw Maltesers at your heads. And the person who catches the most wins, okay? But because we're all about health and safety here at Activate, I got protection for your eyes. So you need to put those on. <laughs> and if you want, put the garbage bags over your head so you don't get messy. Okay. Kiddos, I need some. I need four kids. Yes, yes. Who else wants to do it? Yup, Zaria. Who else is down there? Yes, Jesse, come on down. Okay. Now you guys, please be nice to the adults. We need one more. Don't we need one more? One more. We've got four. We've got four. Oh, yeah. Um, also, side note, um, shaving cream, I would have brought mine, I only use mine like twice a year, so, but apparently Ash is like, no, we'll buy more, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, you guys, does anyone want to do the honours of squirting shaving cream on their heads? Oh, so many eager hands, yeah, so many. Uh, first four on the first four on the front, quickly. First four, first four. One, one. Okay, one. Really excited. Uh, two, two more. No. Okay. Grab some shaving cream. Grab some shaving cream. Uh, he's just running around. That's cool. He got the energy. That coffee must have been good for you, bro. Yeah. kids church but with twisties let me tell you that is a whole lot messier but I thought I'd stay safe like that's here. what you do with shaving cream oh. okay give it a mix oh around Sophia rub it all around they need to be able to catch Maltesers with their heads <laughs> be, be nice to Ben Tana be nice it suits you man it really does like Actually, if I look at Someone you sideways, Matt, you actually you look slightly like a celebrity. Yeah. That's, I also have had a lot of um, caffeine this morning, so it could be that. Rub it but, all around. Ben, looking good, yeah. mate. Rub it all around. The more, the better, because it catches all the Maltesers, right? Okay, so...
Does someone have a stopwatch? We need like a minute on the clock. Who has a, who has a minute? You grab it. Joel, you're onto it. Joel's got a time for us. And he told mum that watch would work. Look at him. <laughs> okay. How's everyone feeling? Yeah. yeah. Are you, looking are you, good. Looking safe. I like that. You are more than welcome to eat Maltesers straight off your head, but uh, shaving cream, I wouldn't suggest it. Health okay. and safety says it could make you sick, but... Uh. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready, Joel? Okay, everyone count them down. Ready? We're going to count from five. Ready? Five. five. Oh, I was going to go three. Four. Three. three two, two. One. Go. Oh. Uh. Quick, throw them harder. <laughs> Don't be afraid of hurting them. <laughs> okay, you can get closer if you need to. Get closer. Jesse, just put them on his head. Just put them on. Oh, from downtown. Oh. What? Okay. okay, Ruth has gone for the extreme version. How many seconds do we have left, Joel? 37 seconds. You guys have ages. Get them off the floor. Rub them around their head. Do something. I'm obviously not very good at this myself. Oh. Alright, Lena's going from downtown. Okay, you have 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Nash isn't playing. <laughs> Get them on. And then we're going to count them. <laughs> Time's up. Okay, stop. stop hands stop, down, stop. hands down, hands down. Okay. Something's falling off your face. Okay. I'm just going to have a little look up here. Um, okay, Matt, it's definitely not you that's winning. <laughs> I think it's between Ben and Sarah. Yeah. I. Ash, I need your expert opinion, oh, mate. I, sorry, my wife's trained me to clean up. <laughs> Good work, Gabby. Um, I, just, I just know. I just know, like, oh, someone's going to have to clean this. It'll probably be me. <laughs> I reckon, what do you reckon, Ash? Do you reckon Ben or Sarah? <laughs> Look, Matt has never been okay, my strong point. Okay, let's have a vote. If you think it's Ben, cheer. If you think it's Sarah, cheer. Okay, Ben, one more time. Oh, Ben, you're our winner. Congratulations, mate. Good work. But you know, everyone's a winner in Jesus' eyes. Yeah, so you everyone's all get a winner, a so we bought you all chocolate. Here you go. Benny, do you want this one? How do you feel about Jaffa yeah. chocolate, Ben? Yeah? Yeah? I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> ah! Okay. Okay, we're going to have our cleanup team come through and just quickly. Cleanup team. Cleanup team. Cleanup. Okay, while we're uh, waiting for that. No, no, no I, I said you trained me to clean. I, I never said I'm going to clean. Tate, Callum, that's you. We need our boys who are coming to help get the tarp off the stage uh, uh, and everything. Yeah, yeah, but no, while no, we're doing that, um, why don't we have our, we've got four kids who are going to come and share some fun facts about their family. So if you are one of those four, come on down. Give them a round of applause while they're coming. It's a little bit scary. Okay, Jess, welcome. Jaden, welcome. You guys can grab a chair. Sophia, welcome. Welcome to the Q&A session with Ashley. <laughs> yep. We've got 
There we go. These four lovely kids. Sophia's going to give us a wave. Say hi, Sophia. This is Jaden. Hi, Jaden. This is Jessica. Everyone say hi, Jess. This is Tane. Everyone say hi, Tane. <laughs> These kids are awesome, and I have the privilege of hanging out with them every Sunday. And you guys are honoured to hear from them this Sunday. So I've got a couple of questions in the theme of We Are Family. We're going to hear some family secrets. Are you guys ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready for that. Okay, so our first question is, what do you love most about your family? Who wants it first? Tane, Everyone's kind and loving. And oh. yeah. Oh. What about you, Jess? Mum's good at baking. Hey, what about Jaden? Jaden, what do you love most about your family? Telling funny stories at the dining table. Um, probably how they like love me and stuff. Who couldn't love you? Um, okay, second question. What job do you not like doing at home, but mum makes you do? What job? Farming. Farming. Do you like doing that or you don't? You don't. Do. Okay, what do you like? All oh, the dishes are annoying. Yeah. Dishes are annoying. Sarah, no more dishes for Sophia, please. Okay, Jess, what jobs do you not like doing? Dishes as well. Dishes. Like, it's so calming. Okay, Tane, what do you not love doing at home? Hanging out the washing. Hanging out the Yeah, that's that's annoying. Eh? Do you ever get like dead arm from like putting your hands up so much? We had a family of six. I used to pretend I was sick when we had washing. Okay. <laughs> the last question is what do you think the funniest thing about your family is? Dead, dry jokes. <laughs> when mum tries to, when mum dances and sings at the same time, <laughs> and when my brothers fight. When Keon tries to act cool, but he really, and tries to act really cool, but he's actually really dumb. favourite thing about our family is everyone's got different personalities. Thank you guys, you guys can go sit down. Okay, so we heard lots of family secrets. Jess's mum can't dance. <laughs> Jaden's parents aren't actually that cool. It's good to know, it's good to know. Okay, um, well we're going to continue with our worship. Thanks Sarah. Wow. 
well done, kids. That was awesome. Okay, let's stand.
Father, you are the strength, Lord, the strength in our lives, Father. And we praise you, Father, that, Lord, there is nothing we can't do with you, Father. Oh, Lord. And Father, this morning, we come to you, Lord, and we lay our, our burdens at your feet, Father, the foot of the cross, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our strength, Father. Lord, you deserve to be worshipped and praised above all else, Father, in our lives, in our workplaces, in our, in our sickness, Father. We need to praise you, Lord. We never want to cease praising you, Father, no matter what our circumstances, Lord. For you are holy, Father. You are our strength, Lord. And we love you, Lord. Holy is the Lord. I stand in awe of your majesty. the Son, the one who died on a cross for me.
Mark, we read the story of Jesus and his disciples going about their business and it required them to go from one side of the lake to the other in a boat and while they're on the boat a really large storm came up and the disciples positioned themselves before Jesus whom they knew was the Messiah and they cried out Rabbi do you not care that we're going to die And I feel in this moment, the position, the posture that we're taking is standing for Jesus as the disciples did in the midst of the chaos and saying, Rabbi, teacher, Jesus, Lord, hear our cry in the midst of the storm. And I want to remind you that in that moment, Jesus stood and spoke to the atmosphere. And he said, silence, be still. And at that very moment, the storm was calm and the water was flat and the disciples felt peace. And so as I stand here today and say, silence, be still, I command the atmosphere of your world to be still. And I pray that the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ would come upon you and your household in the midst of your circumstances. If you feel like you need to receive that now, just position yourself before Jesus. Because the peace of Jesus is here for all of us this morning. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that we can worship you this morning. We can position ourselves in a posture of worship and come before you knowing that you can change our world. Lord, one word from you, silence. And the chaos and the confusion and the frustration in our circumstances is commanded to be still by you. 
And Lord, right now I release in this place peace. The peace that passes all understanding. The peace that releases us from bondage. The peace that brings a freedom from anxiety. Release your peace now, Jesus. Shalom. The peaceful presence of our Lord in our midst. By faith, we say amen and we receive that peace. Yeah? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, church. Thanks, band. You guys may be seated. It is great to be with you. One cheeky side on my Facebook page told me I could put my hand up and get a visitor's pack this morning. true, I have been doing a lot of traveling lately, but it is very, very good to be with you. Uh, recently, uh, not that long ago actually, just about uh, 10 days ago, uh, we're all in, uh, we family, we're in Taupo. Uh, the Strong family, my family, we all got together in Taupo to celebrate uh, my dad's upcoming 70th birthday. My dad's just retired to Caddy Caddy, where he now lives. And my sister lives in Sydney with her family, has done for about eight years or nine years. My brother, my youngest brother, he lives in, um, where does he live? Hawke's Bay. Hawke's Bay, that's right. And, and we worked out while we were together celebrating that it had been about eight years since we were all in the same place at the same time. And uh, there's, there's now nine grandchildren uh, which in our family just means a lot of noise. And our poor old grandma, she had to go and put herself into timeout twice. She needed a nana nap. The noise of my nephews was too great for her. But you know, you know how when you come, you come together with family, it doesn't matter how long it's been, doesn't matter where you live in the world, doesn't matter what's been going on, when you come together as family, there's that, that sense of connection. Do you know what I mean? You know, that just, we're here, we're connected, and it's good. And, and that's really what we experienced uh, in Taupo recently. And, and I kind of feel the same today. It's good to be with you, my family. It really is. So today, as I speak on family, uh, the title of my message is called Blood is Thicker Than Water. You may have heard this saying before, um, you may have even used it in your family at some stage, and you possibly think that it means, well, my family's really important. And it does mean that, but what I'm going to show you later is that it means so much more than that. And so that's the journey that we're going to go on this morning, and I'm really, really excited about it. Before we get started, though, I think uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get this video going, so we cross our fingers, as always, and uh, watch this family. There you are.
be my favorite family of all time. Seriously. Like, I love that movie. It's my favorite family movie. And uh, apparently there's a second one coming out. I can't wait to see it. But you know, like, Jack-Jack, he's probably going to have his own kids by the time the movie comes out, because it's taking ages. But I, I love what that family represents. And if you haven't seen the movie The Incredibles, I encourage you to go and watch it this afternoon. There's so many amazing things in it about family. And uh, as I say, the family that wears lycra together, uh, perhaps not. <laughs> Look, what I want to do today is I want to um, speak on this concept of family. And I want to do it, of course, on a biblical context. And what I'm going to show you today, um, I'm hoping is a, is a fresh paradigm, a fresh paradigm of how God teaches us that family is uh, based on the Bible. I want to go look at the family story that we see represented through the book of Genesis. And I've been, it's fair to say, I've spent a lot of time in the book of Genesis recently, um, the last few months, so I just can't seem to get away from um, speaking and teaching from Genesis. Uh, and the whole, whole story is really a, a family story. So it'll be a good one to read. But here we have, uh, here we have uh, at, at, at the center of my story, Jacob. Jacob and we find him in Genesis 48, if you're taking notes or want to turn uh, to the passage I'm going to look at, Genesis 48, we find Jacob, he's about to do some family business. As, way as a, a way of context goes though, um, if you're not familiar with the story of the book of Genesis, what's happened is God's got his people, his special possession, he's chosen, um, the, we get to Jacob and his family, and Joseph, Joseph has, he has a tough time moving towards his destiny. It's fair to say, uh, that's a long story that I've just cut really short, uh, but back in Israel, Jacob and all the guys are going through famine, hard times, and what we find out is that Joseph is put in a position of prominence in Egypt. He's the second in command, only second to Pharaoh himself, and he arranges for these guys to come back into his sphere of influence. And here we find them. Jacob um, and his family come to Egypt. They're restored in relationship and connection with Joseph, who, who Jacob thought he was dead. And here we have this wonderful bond going on. They've been, um, I believe that Jacob has been in Egypt about 17 years. So he's had time to reconnect and re-engage with the family. But he's old, and it says in verse 1 that he's about to die. And Joseph knows this, but he knows the importance of family. So what Joseph does is he brings his two boys to their grandfather. And he says, Father, will you bless them? So here we have a family tree. Jacob, the grandfather, is speaking a blessing over his grandsons. And we read about it in Genesis 48. What I love about this, um, and first and foremost, a key thing to take from this, it says in, in verse Jacob says, God Almighty appeared to me. He refers to God as God Almighty El Shaddai. 
And what I love about the position that he takes is that he doesn't talk about the hard times he has. He focuses on the good times and how good God has been to him as the Lord God Almighty El Shaddai. And I think we need to take something from that and that our perspective in life should always be God is good. Yeah? Life is hard. Life is challenging. Family stuff goes on. But Jacob, as an example, says, the Lord God Almighty has preserved me and he has promised me these things and I honor him for that. I love that position because it's a powerful uh, posture, again, that we take before God. Really interestingly, it then says, if you're following down the story, in verse 5, Jacob says this, I am claiming these boys to be my own. Well, that's odd. If I was Joseph, I'd be like, get stuffed, they're my kids. But no, Jacob, uh, Joseph doesn't say that to Jacob because in the Hebrew mindset, the way the Hebrew culture works, there's something very, very significant going on here. Jacob, as the grandfather, says, I will claim these two boys as my own, which means it's not so much adoption, it's as if they are mine. I will integrate them into myself. And in the Hebrew culture, what that means is these two grandsons now have the position and stature as sons. What that means is anything that my sons are promised, they now have as their own as well. That's a, that's a pretty good promotion. Joseph understands that, and so he's, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't complain about it at all. He honors his father as he watches him restore the, or integrate these boys into his family. What that actually looks like as you go forward is these two sons are now named among the 12 tribes of Israel alongside Joseph's brothers. And so Jacob is also honoring Joseph and saying, you shall have a double blessing because your sons are now part of my family. That's an amazing situation to see it um, that way. And what I love about that is, is Joseph knows that he, he puts his sons before the grandfather to receive that blessing. And I, I feel like, again, the word I'm just getting is that posture we have to receive what God's got for us is very, very powerful. Listen to the blessing that Jacob declares. If we, if we jump through to, to verse 15. Jacob prays and he blesses Joseph by declaring this blessing over the two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. He says this, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day. That's very interesting. That is the first time biblically God is referred to as a shepherd. One that cares and takes, takes protection as a serious thing in our lives. Interesting. First time, but we see it much later on. All my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they preserve my name and the names of Abraham and Isaac. May their descendants multiply greatly throughout all the earth. Now the reason we look at this passage as important is because there's a much bigger picture at play. What Jacob is doing, watch this, is he's, he's connecting these two boys to the promises of his grandfather Abraham that he received from God himself in Genesis chapter 12. You remember when Abram was called by the Lord in Genesis 12, that God, that God came to him and said this, 
He said in the beginning of chapter 12, he calls them out of his country, he calls them to be obedient, and the blessing that flows after the obedience is found in verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So what Jacob is doing here in the center is he's connecting these boys back to the promise of his grandfather, Abraham. And he's saying, you're now integrated into my family. And that integration connects you with this blessing. And he's saying that same blessing that was on Abraham and the same blessing that was on Isaac, that same blessing shall be on you. And you, you will be great. And the Lord will make you famous. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. This is a fantastic picture of how God sees family. Generations connected for blessing to flow through the generations. Jacob is now connecting his grandsons to the amazing promises of God. There's a really interesting observation also that I made this week when I was studying this, and that is found just previous to the blessing. You'll notice that Jacob uh, presents the grandsons before Jacob, uh, Joseph presents the grandsons before Jacob for a blessing. And he does it in a way very carefully to make sure that Manasseh, the eldest son, the firstborn son, is presented at the right hand of Jacob. Because the right hand is traditionally the dominant hand where the uh, significant blessing fl flows for the firstborn. All right? So he puts Manasseh there and Ephraim there in front of Jacob. Jacob's old. He's just about to die. He can hardly see. And yet he's connected to heaven. And he reaches out and he crosses his arms and his right hand now rests over the head of Ephraim. Joseph gets a bit upset. He goes, oh dad, you missed it. Sorry, you've got it wrong. This one, this one here, he's the eldest boy. And Jacob goes, I know. And Manasseh shall be great, but Ephraim will be greater. And he blesses them that way with his right hand on the younger child. Why is that important? Why do I feel to mention that to you today? What I want to make sure that you connect with, I suppose, is the understanding that the way God works is not determined by your position or your place in the order of birth. It doesn't matter about your history. It doesn't matter where you come from. God determines preeminence based on his plan for your life. So I want you to receive that as a promise. I want you to understand that it doesn't matter what your past is, it doesn't matter what your place in your family is, it doesn't matter what your history is or where you come from or what you're doing right now. God is the one who by his providence determines preeminence. And I want you to receive that as a faithful promise from him for you today. Let me show you my first point uh, from the story of Jacob. Here we have point number one for those of you taking notes. God's promises are for your family. It's really important that we grasp this biblical concept as the way God's designed family. What does that look like? It means like you speaking blessing and promise over those who are under your care. It means like you encouraging them. It means like you reminding them of what God said. It means like you um, releasing that word from God that will build them up and see them firmly rooted and established in God's plan for their lives. And it's a generational thing. You can see it flowed from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob through Joseph to the two sons who now get established as tribes of Israel. God's promises are not just for you. 
they are also for your family. You can speak them over your children. You can pray them over your family even if they don't live with you. Your prayers, when you're in agreement with heaven, are extremely powerful. It leads me quickly to my second point that I want to encourage you with, and that is this. Your faith will echo through the generations. You see, what we've seen is Abraham's faith is now echoing generations later in the lives of his great-great-grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Your faith can also echo. You too can have your actions positively influence those who follow after you. And that's, that's the way God works. He's into this generational blessing time and time and time and time again. We are so blessed here in this family. We have many, many families here who are multi-generational in their faith and their commitment to this family. But if that's not your situation, don't worry, because it can start with you. You can start it in your family by adopting these principles of God as your family leader. So it can start with you, but in the same way, it can also stop with you. The good news, though, this, this book of truth shows us that it gets even better. And so we can turn to the New Testament and we can see there's a much deeper promise for us to connect to today. So what I want to do is I want to draw your attention to a passage in Hebrews chapter 8. In Hebrews, we don't know who the writer is. It's not known, but we know that the audience is the Hebrew culture, which is the Jews that got brought up under the old covenant, the principles and the ways of Moses, the practices of the sacrifice, the um, Levitical priest system, and the Holy of Holies. That was the way they were brought up, and that was the way they understood to connect with God. And the, book of, the purpose of the book of Hebrews, the writer encourages these people to take a fresh perspective and to let go of the old and to grasp the new way that was purchased for all of us through Jesus Christ. So he takes us through how powerful the faith of Abraham was and how Jesus himself is a type of high priest like Melchizedek. And then he leads us to this point in chapter 8 where he declares that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is now our high priest. And here's where we find it. Look at this in verse 6. Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. So what we see in this passage is that there is a new covenant for us to participate in. That's half of the point. What is the second half of the point? Well, let's quickly look to Galatians chapter 3. Paul writes to the church in Galatia, and he says, come on, there's a way much better than that. Let's not turn back to our old ways, but cast our eyes forward to where Jesus has established the truth for us. And he says at the end of chapter 3 that we are God's children through faith. Let's read at verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one 
in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God promised to Abraham belongs to you. So the good news, the truth that Paul's showing us is there is a new covenant that when we choose to participate in it, it binds us to the promises that were established in Genesis 12 when the Lord spoke his blessing of favor over Abraham. By your choice to respond and receive the love that God offers to every person, when you choose to respond to that, you're not just saying yes to salvation. That's only part of the story, but it's not the whole story. The truth is when you say yes to the salvation that Jesus offers everybody, when you say yes to that, you are getting bound to the promises of blessing and favor that God gave Abraham. You will be a great nation. You will be blessed, and all the earth will be blessed through you. That's good news, church. You can smile about that if you'd really like to. You should be happy about the eternal promises that God's established in you and has, has got a covenant that he's willing to lock in and agree to. So now what I want to do, though, in context of that biblical understanding, I'd like to come back to the title of my message. And I said to you at the beginning that it probably most commonly is understood to mean Family's important. And, and that's kind of what it means. But it means so much more than that. When I researched this, I discovered that the origin of the saying... Do you want to know the origin of the saying? This saying actually originated from something a little bit deeper. Here's what the original saying goes like. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Now that puts a completely different spin on it. Because what you may have interpreted blood is thicker than water to mean is, well, my family's really important. My birth family is the most important. When you look at it this way, it means something greater than that. Now, in context, for the guys on the battlefield, fighting nose to nose against their enemy, watching their brother die beside them, for them to say the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb has a very significant meaning, doesn't it? When their friends are dying with them on the battlefield. For them to cry that cry of allegiance out is very powerful as they probably face the same fate themselves. But when you look at it through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ, it has so much more significance. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. What does this mean? This means that those of us who are bound in the same covenant because of what Jesus Christ established for us as we've just read in Galatians 3, those of us who are bound together in the same covenant as children of Abraham, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. 
what I'm suggesting to you is that is way more of a priority than any natural family order that you would consider valuable. Is it valuable? Yes, it is. Is it the most valuable? I'm suggesting something different for you to consider. It's, it's, it's an interesting thought. And, you know, I'm presenting this as truth based on what I've discovered in the Word, but it's also necessary for me to say that I've failed at this many times. Because as with every covenant, there are requirements of performance to operate within covenant, are there not? Marriage is a covenant. So within the covenant of marriage, there are requirements of performance to honour that covenant. Do you understand that? This covenant is no different. There are requirements of performance to operate within the covenant. And truth is, I failed at that. In the past, I've let people down. In the past, I've placed my agenda ahead of people. I've taken their potential and harnessed it so that I can get what I think is important and based it on my priority, not who they are. There's been times in my life where I've disregarded the importance of church family. There's even been times, I'm sad to say, where I've dishonoured church leaders who God has established over me. For every single one of those mistakes, I've come to a revelation that I was in a mistake and I have repented of that mistake. And I've sought forgiveness and I've changed my paradigm and my mindset every single time. Because no one's perfect, but within a covenant, there's a right way and there's not a right way. So now, what does this mean for me now in context of our relationship as a church family? What does that look like to me? Well, now what that means is I place you at the front of the queue. And I'll treat you as my own the way Jacob integrated the boys into his family. What's mine is yours. I'll seek to serve you and I'll seek to honour you and the call that God's got on your life. I'm going to seek to make you famous because of your faith in the one who gave you promise. I'm, I'm bound to your destiny. And I'll put my shoulder to it and add my gifts and my talents and the calling on my life in order to see you lifted up in God's promises for you and your family. I'm going to lean my ear to heaven. And I'm going to listen for what heaven says about you. And I'm going to release that as a prophetic utterance over your life, your family and your world in order that heaven would move and see life come form in you. That's why I love prophesying over you guys. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to unlock what heaven says about you and we're going to have a whole lot of fun doing it. And I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave nothing in the tank. Why? Because you're family. Blood is thicker than water. My final point for those taking notes is this. 
Family happens within a covenant. We're family. But God's model as he teaches us in his word is that happens within a covenant. We're bound by the blood of Jesus Christ when we choose to participate in his salvation. We're choosing to participate in a covenant that is family. Every single one of us play a part in that. You know what? And I believe this. It's my experience. It's my, it's my learning through life that God's favor flows through covenant. When we honor a covenant, his blessing and his favor flows through that. So what I want to do is I want to show you a different kind of family so that you can see what that looks like for them. Watch this. Wow, I wish I could jump like that. Wish granted. Ah! Come on, move faster. Have you noticed the river of lava? You okay? Come on, come on, say something. Anything! What? What? I can't hear you. You're standing on my trunk. Oh. Oh, you're okay! Oh, you're okay! Why did you do that? You could have died trying to save me. That's what you do in a herd. You look out for each other. Well, thanks. I don't know about you guys, but we are the weirdest herd I've ever seen. Yeah, we are a weird bunch, eh? Well, that's what you do when you're part of a herd. So as I close, I want to leave you this thought. I want to share a couple of things. I'm going to pose a question. And I suppose that gives you opportunity to choose how you might process that question as we close the service. These two thoughts are kind of a summary, I suppose. We're bound to each other in covenant because of our unified agreement in what Jesus has established. We're bound in covenant. And I do believe that God's favor will flow as we honor that covenant. Why don't you stand with me? Because here's my closing question.
want you to just maybe close your eyes and focus on what I'm saying because this is a time for personal reflection. This is a time for you to allow God to shine his light inside your heart and for him to show you something that he might like to pinpoint. Because my question is this. Do your actions and attitudes reflect a commitment to our family covenant? Almighty God, I thank you that you offer us so much in your truth, your word that builds us and establishes us in your ways. And today, God, we thank you for the concept of family. We thank you that family is multi-generational and that as we honor family, your blessing and your flavor, your favor flows through it. And right now, God, as, as you're shining your light in the corner of our hearts, we invite you to show us if there's any indiscrepancy or misalignment with the truth regarding the honor of a covenant. If there's any misalignment, we repent. And now, God, I ask that you would help us to see any action that we need to take to restore ourselves into that covenant. I thank you for grace which extends beyond anything we deserve. I thank you for love that reaches as far as the heavens are from the earth to draw us back into connection with you. Your love surpasses all things God I thank you for family Amen Thanks Phil why don't we give him a round of applause that was awesome um, if you would like to respond to that, um, call that question. The front is always open. We have some leaders who would be more than happy to pray with you. So um, feel free to make use of that time. Um, a quick reminder, we have pre-service this Tuesday night. And I think that's all. Thanks for joining us with We Are Family. We love you. Enjoy your Sunday. Go high-five someone you don't know. Bless you all. You guys can close in a song if you want. Sweet.